Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening and welcome to the program. Tonight, my very special guest is Jonathan B. Tucker. Jonathan, are you with me? Hey, hey, I am, and I'm very happy to be here. I am so glad that you're happy to be here. Question for you. What is poetry? What is poetry? Um, poetry, to me, is really uh, a, it's, it's a type of freedom. Uh, it, it's a, a freedom of thought, a freedom of emo- emotion and emoting, um, and a, a freedom of literature. Uh, uh, I really uh, come from a thing that uh, poetry is kind of like beauty. Um, you know, you, you can recognize po- poetry in places that it wasn't intended maybe to be poetry. I, I love found poetry um, and the way that we can find poetry in nature, the way that we can find uh, beauty um, and the way that we can put together concepts or we can explain feelings. Um, uh, th- th- there's a freedom in it that is a, it, it's very much up to uh, whoever's viewing it or who, whoever's taking it in to define it as such. Oh, wow. Very nice. Why is it important? Why, 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 why is it important? There are many, many different reasons that I think poetry is important. Um, one, one, one of which I'll talk about is just healing. Um, I think poetry is very important as, as a human, uh, the same way that dance and um, song are very important to us as expressions. Uh, poetry, it's a healthy thing for us to do for our mind. Um, in order to be able to, to make sense out of a very complex world, um, uh, in order to make sense out of our emotions and, and our experiences in the world, um, as they relate to others, as they relate to ourselves, um, it's important that, that we have uh, a, a way that, that, that we can feel whole, a, a way that, that, that we can find healing uh, from those things that are causing us pain uh, for an, and also an outlet for our joy and for like, it's, it, it's an amazing creative outlet. Um, but it's also one of the most ancient um, in terms of art forms. Uh, and so I, I think it's also very important because it's the basis for a lot of our other writing uh, and, and uh, poetry is kind of the, the, the whittled down of the art of uh, creating concepts and, and ma- making people see things. All right. What are some of the predominant themes of your work? Predominant themes in my work? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I used to be very political and, and very uh, everything had like a, a social political message that I was trying to get across. Um, so you, you might see some of that coming up in my work. Um, uh, you might see some struggles with uh, capitalism and racism and sexism. And then, of course, there's some love poems. Uh, not, not, not that the political poems aren't love poems, but you know, uh, right. uh, gotta have some love poems. I'm looking through them now. Like, what, what are my themes? I, I don't really. <laughs> and then some are just like sometimes I'm just playing along, you know. Uh, and again, back to that freedom concept. Uh, sometimes I'm just playing around with words, and uh, I, I see what happens, and I write it down, and it's nice, and I read it. And, so, you know, it, it, it runs the gamut. Some are very, some are very serious and, and like they're uh, serious expressions of beliefs and, and needs of, of people. And then others are just like playing around, describing some things that I see, you know. Right. So how does the poem begin with you? With an idea, a form, or an image? Oh, interesting. An idea. Well, definitely not a form. I'm not really into forms. Um but uh, an idea or an image, I guess I would go with idea. Um, it, it's easier if you have an idea. It's easier to start the poem with an idea, uh, but that's not always how it starts. Um, mm-hmm. right, discipline with writing is, I think, the best, and so sometimes it's forced out. Um, but that's, like, an important part of the process is, like, I am writing now and forcing it out. And, like, so sometimes, like, uh, it starts with a deadline. <laughs> it starts with, okay. a, you know, I'm doing this now. Like, yeah, like, the, the, the act itself, the process, 
um, can sometimes be the driver. Um, mm-hmm. But I, ideally, it would be an idea. An idea would be driving uh, something. All right. Well, please share one of your works. Yeah. Um, so I flipped open my notebook and it flipped to this page. This one from uh, June 2nd of 2019. So it's like a year ago. Um, I wrote this one. Um, There's an underground city composed of all the pain buried by previous generations. It is monstrous and loud, but few on the surface ever hear. Explosions rip cracks in the streets daily. Love's volcanic brother releasing memories not properly stored. The records repeat a thousand times. The ride does not stop just because you scream. There are healers working on excavation, restoring the city before it swallows us all. That's that poem. All right. Do you sit and think through every word of every stanza, or do you write freely and allow the words to flow? Um, a little bit of both. It depends if I'm editing or if I'm writing. So like on the first, on the first go through writing, normally Mm -hmm. it would be more, let it all out, let it go. And then when I come back for the first round of edits, I'm making it pretty. I'm, I'm slicing it up. I'm, I'm making sure that things fit and counting out the rhythm and things like that, you know? All right. You know, when you think about poetry and you think about writing, all poets have great writing influences. Who are some of yours and what makes them great in your eyes? Um, who are some of my writing influences? Um, that's a good question. Um, there's a lot of poets in like the, the local poetry scene that I came up in here in uh, D.C., Maryland area that I very much look up to. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. if how much that has influenced my poetry or if it's more like, you know, the music I was listening to and the, and the, and the books I was reading and like other poets like that. Um, I remember when I, um, I got out of poetry for a while. I was into it in high school. Um, actually even before high school and middle school and stuff, I would write poems for like my mom for holidays and birthdays and uh, give poems as gifts to people and stuff. But um, after high school, I got out of it for a while. Um, and I wasn't into it, and I was just like, yeah, poetry was a thing I used to do, but not anymore. I didn't really see a relevance for it. Um, and then uh, Saul Williams uh, got me back into it, and reading his uh, said the shotgun to the head, and just spoken word in general. Like I, um, I, I got I got involved in slam and the national slam scene and and that stuff. Um, but I remember reading Saul's work really pushed me and uh, got me back into to. To saying that, like, I, I have a voice and that this is the way I need to be using it. Right. Share another piece of your work. Share another piece. All right. Um, this one's called I Am. Uh, it's based on a creative, creative writing exercise I often do with uh, students. I'm the raindrop that never wanted to fall. A cloud-hugging airhead pumped up on oxygen. I am all fog and wind. Rewinding in fast cyclones. I am a reverse tornado, an upside down volcano, letting everything hot fall out my bottom. I am Drano, chemically cleansing dirty sheets. No, chemically cleansing dirty streets with clean words and fresh beats. I am a Brillo pad on the brain, holding noodles hostage. I am the strain after boil, the release, the relief after toil. And trouble for the status quo. I am the less being more. I am the drop of rain that never wanted to go, but nonetheless fell. I am simply blessed. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, all right. Tell me about the kids that you work with, the young people that you work with. Um, so uh, I've worked with young people all around uh, the country, all over the world, uh, in several different programs. Um, uh, mostly high school students uh, focused on uh, running after school programs uh, here in Washington, D.C. Uh, I was working with a nonprofit organization called Split This Rock, um, and I was working with their, their DCU Slam team. Um, and uh, we were starting poetry clubs at high schools 
all across the area here and we were going to national competitions and then eventually we ended up taking trips to South Africa as well. Um, and, and that's a program that I've continued, uh, now, uh, with adults, not with students anymore. Um, but yeah, uh, I've taught elementary schools. I, I've taught at universities. I, I, I come, I come from university of Maryland. Uh, I'm a Terp and, uh, I started organizing, I started an organization there called Terp Poets, uh, with, with some friends. Um, I was going to say Henry Mills. He was, he was a big influence on me. Uh, he was one of the co-creators of Terp Poets, uh, poetry organization there on campus. Um, and so I've gone back to, to work with them, uh, as well. And I've, uh, taught at many, uh, different universities around the area, um, yeah. All right. I, I, love, I, I love working with students. Uh, young people in poetry uh, is, is a very fun uh, combination, um, and, and, it, and it works well everywhere. What do you think that you've learned about yourself from working with young people? What have you learned about who are you as a consequence, as a result of working with young people? Um, what have I, I've learned that uh, I'm definitely a creative spirit. Uh, okay, and the young people definitely reaffirm that, and they 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 keep that true. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, and I think also, I think I'm I, I think I'm a little bit of a risk taker, and I think working with young people has taught me that. Uh, you know, when, uh, especially high school age, people are willing, uh, young people are taking risks and, you know, people are very worried about the type of risk they're taking and things like that. But it's a, it's, it's a moment of transition. It's a big transition in life. And so uh, it, it's often difficult and there's often uh, a lot of risks uh, you've got to take um, and, and sacrifices you have to make to, to make sure you have a, you know, to set yourself up for a good future and for a good time. Um, mm-hmm. And I think something that I've learned from working with young people um is that uh, that that I, I have that spirit to to continually uh, push uh, and, and take those risks? All right, very nice, very nice. Do you think that you were meant to be a poet? I think I'm meant to be a poet. Um, I think everyone is a poet. Uh, that's something that I teach when I when I do my workshops and I and I go around. I'm I'm a poetry ambassador and I spread it everywhere. Um, and when I first get in, I ask everyone to raise their hand and uh, say, okay, like self-identify as a poet. Like, is there anyone here who, who, who writes, who, who writes poetry, who's a poet? And nobody will. And I say, well, you're all a poet. You all have it in you. If you have the ability to breathe, then, then you have the ability to, to create poetry. Um, and it's a natural thing from, from our use of language. It's not something that's, that's outside of us that you have to necessarily study in order to do. It's something that you have to, to try and put effort in and feeling into. And, and that's, a poetry ambassador and poetry ambassador. I like that. That's very nice. I like that. Poetry is for everyone. It's like bread. <laughs> okay. Please share another piece of your work. All right. I'm trying to remember which ones I wanted to do. Um, bum, bum, bum. All right. I haven't done this one. Okay. Let's see. This one's called Both Sides. Every day is a funeral and a birthday celebration. Weddings and custody battles in the court, public. Every day is a dialogue between two sides, and the jury stays out in the streets, murder and merriment, uprisings and downfalls in the same breath. Some people's lives are just a bender that lasts longer than most, passes out like the rest. We vomit and resurrect. Jesus, Jesus, like Allah, give thanks for both sides, give praise for days above water. I love you, daughter. I love you, God. I love you, me. Give thanks for both sides, the whole, the bleeding, family, tree. We are all repeating a dance between triumph and tragedy. Joy and jolts of trauma, constantly coping with drama and demons. We see every day, we see both, but we stay dreaming electric, style our brains eclectic, our bodies neglected, souls regularly inspected and passed, both sides, judgment passed, words written last, feelings remembered, doors locked, and years spent on a weekend bender, every hour happy with specials, half off. Two for one. That's that piece. 
That's that poem. <laughs> All right. Okay. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Anthony Ingram. I'm here with Jonathan B. Tucker. Hey, if hey. you'd like to speak with Jonathan, the call-in number is 646-787-1631. Jonathan, a question for you. Hey. As you think about a poem, the formation mm-hmm. of a poem, just the poem itself, what yeah. are some of the what are some of the ingredients that go into making up a poem? What are some of the prevalent ingredients that go into making up a poem? What should what should be inside it? Um. Truth, feeling, uh, uh, definitely a feeling of some sort, an emotion, uh, definitely Mm -hmm. a truth from the writer uh, or the creator of the poem, Um, uh, um, a little bit of fun, a little bit of creativity, uh, uh, a splash of sweetness, Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, definitely some love, uh, always add love, that's always an important thing to add to any any uh, recipe you got mm-hmm. um, maybe a little bit of salt <laughs> okay <laughs> right <laughs> <A little bit laughs> <of salt. laughs> uh, and, uh, and and if you're really feeling it some tears yeah I guess the salt can come from some tears maybe and, you know, if you're really some tears everyone's been in that moment like you know if you've been writing poetry long enough you definitely had that moment where like you're crying over the page and some really amazing stuff is coming out but you got to keep writing and like yeah all right you know poets hail from all over the world where do you hail from um so i was born here in dc i was raised out in crofton maryland um uh it's like uh it's in anne arundel county but my parents are both educators in pg county um Mm -hmm. so it's, it's like right near Bowie. uh but yeah, East Coast. And how has being how has um, your background here in the area influenced your poetry? Hmm, that's a good question. My poetry well, is very you. political. Uh, <laughs> my poetry is very political, and I do talk about uh, race a lot. And so, growing up in such a diverse area, I remember when I I went away to Boston uh, to go to school for a little bit. And I remember just noticing the difference and uh, coming back home and, and like, we're not used to, but like we have a very uh, racially, ethnically diverse um, area here in the DMV. And so that's something I was just used to. And, uh, you know, uh, I just didn't realize how much that didn't exist elsewhere. Um, and so I think that does come up in my work a lot. That sort of, um, I think I have this expectation of the rest of the world to be better because I know we can be better. Well, you know, it's funny. I am a native of High Point, North Carolina, but the first time that I was ever called the N-word was when I was in Boston. So you're right. It was a totally different kind of different kind of animal, to be honest. It's it's cold in Boston. The people, too. It's cold. The people, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. You know, many people have different methods of writing. Some write pen to paper, others transmit to a blog first or to the internet first. How do you write? Um, nowadays, uh, I have made the transition to my phone and a lot of the poems will be just notes on my phone because I want to just get it out quickly uh, while it's there. Um, but traditionally, and my, and my best way is pen and paper. I got a lot of notebooks. Um, I, I like to put the pen on the paper. That's uh, like like my process when I'm when I'm writing a piece or when I get commissioned for a piece uh, is definitely to write it out in the notebook like once or twice um, and then when I'm transferring it to the computer when I'm typing it up that's a, that's another round of edits while typing it up um, yeah all right well share another piece of your work I will do that uh, which one okay <laughs> um, wait this one or I'm gonna do this one I haven't done this one in a while. 
After writing my life, I edit my atmosphere, rearrange reality and her spaces to save words, to harness the power of breath, to remove unneeded pieces, a curator of live audiovisual life decor. I cut entire sections, months and years as stanzas, simply deleted like old acquaintances, shoes with irreparable holes, underwear elastic worn out. I find it difficult to throw away memories. Nostalgia its own intoxication, all a sore soul has when cold and sober, recounting poor decisions. A backspace is much easier than forgiveness. Moving on is much easier said when never done. I'm still here, trying to moonwalk love back to what it was while appearing to step ahead. Progress, my favorite illusion. Poetry, my best magic. Life, never a poem. Always poetic and too strong for drinking. Wow. Powerful. You, like, moonwalk love. Tell me about that line. Right? Trying to moonwalk love. It, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it is what all the doctors have said. You shouldn't do it. But it's one of the most iconic moments of TV history ever. Uh, Michael Jackson doing the moonwalk. Um, uh, and it's such a thing. But um, and it's like a, I think it's really like a cheap little metaphor. Like I don't, I don't think it's my best imagery ever, but the concept of, you know, you know moving on after a breakup. You know, and mm-hmm. so it's like, oh, yeah, I'm moving on with my life. So it appears you're moving forward, but really uh, not. You're just sliding, <laughs> sliding back. <laughs> That's funny. You know, they say to see the world with complete honesty, once you look to comedians, artists, and poets, what do mm-hmm. you think emerges naturally from your work? Wait. Say what? Say it again. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> they say to see the world with complete yeah. honesty. Once you look mm-hmm. to comedians, artists, mm-hmm. and poets. Yeah. What do you think emerges naturally from your work? Emerges naturally from my work in regards to the truth-telling role of artists uh, and comedians, and um, um, I think there definitely yearns. Uh, uh, I mean, there definitely comes out a yearning for. Um, for a change, uh, I'm definitely um, a lot of my a lot of my work is rallying against a, a system. Often, um, uh, I I first really got in like I, I first had people tell me I was really good at poetry, like people who weren't my mom. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me okay. I, I was maybe when I was in college and and I was writing anti-war poems, um, and, uh, and and that that was my way of contributing to the anti-war movement was like writing some poems and like uh, organizing students. Um, around it, um, so I think there, there, there's a truth telling, and, and then there's also a um, a, uh, a rebellious sort of challenging, and then there's also like like many people a soul searching, like a finding of oneself um, that, that that definitely comes out of my work uh, as well. All right, share another piece of your work, please. All right. Wait, I don't know if I want to do this one. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm going to switch up and do a different short one. Can I do like a couple? Because I got a couple short ones. Yes, yes, please. Cool, cool. Um, boom, boom, I did that one. Oh, yeah. So the music you played made me think to do this one before. Um, I recently did a collaboration with my friend. Uh, we got back together. She's a dancer. And uh, she choreographed a piece uh, to go with my spoken word. Uh, we've done it before, and so we did it again over in Northern Virginia. This is the spot. I, this is the piece that I wrote for that. This is my spot. The vibe is right. The light is light. The people down loose, no uptight a hole, want to fight because love ain't loving them right. Mean old muscle brain, white lame, trying to claim space. We surrounded by aces and queens, jacks and clean, smooth operators. Vibrations deep like alligators, 
kinfolk aren't necessarily kinfolk, so I close eyes, move my body, and find guys swimming in this swamp lean like Ja, clean like Ra. Alpha Bible women, Omega unrelenting, venting hops and hips, venting hops unhip to next-gen pop, those fighters we forgot on surrender. This is the spot to see summer spring. Let winter fall. We are here. Who are you going to call? You are here. Who are you going to call? See summer spring. Watch winter fall. This is our all, our spot to be, to be seen. And one drop of sweat. Uh, sorry, let me take that back. This is our spot to be, to see and be seen. One drop of sweet in an ocean of mean. One love for all the haters in between. Thank you for coming. This is our scene. No rehearsal necessary, says the canary in American minds. Mm. That's that piece. All right. So th- like th- that one was like more like a weird free write that like uh, worked well with the with the little performance going with it, but it's like a little different from some of the other ones I noticed. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Um, sorry, I'm looking for my next piece. All right, no I'm problem. Thinking, I'm thinking I should do uh Yeah, I can do this one. I wrote a line to free my mind, but then got trapped inside it. Each word was mine, but couldn't find a way to get from out it. So stuck I sat with pen and lap and just one line repeating. It was not math, but simple traps to keep my mind from fleeing. A world so great yet full of hate, we seek refuge in this art. Open the gate, I cannot wait to turn paper into heart. Poem to body, books to army, armed with love and truth. Transform my hobby into sobbing justice from the roots. Let it out, we need to shout, and yes, that is okay. But take your doubt, whatever it's about, and whisper it away. All those feelings we're concealing can build up and explode. So like a dealer here, I'm dealing Frost's less traveled road. Cullen's song, Whitman's lawn, Giovanni's God. Hughes bomb, Tupac's mom, E.E. Cummings odd, Shakespeare's tragic, Sanchez magic, Ferlinghetti beat, Rumi classic, Heron's habit, Billy Collins seat. They all took pens, said shh to friends, and wrote what they were feeling. They found their zen, and in the end, this is the dope I'm dealing. When we all die, besides just cry, they'll have our words forever. So sigh and try and look third eye and write more true than clever. More you than me, more feel, more see, but most of all, just start it. Reality and who you can be, both are redefined by what your art is. You alone, your brain a home, a world in which you live. Make your dome a peaceful zone through the art you give. And that's that one right there. That's that one right there. All right, all right. You have another? Another short one like that? Um... Let me check. I'm flipping through the notebooks now. I want to get a notebook coming in. Um, I have a question for you. Okay, cool. Yes. As you think about your work, and you've probably answered this already probably a thousand times before, too, what are you trying to communicate with your art? Um, I, I don't know if it's all cohesive into one thing. Like a lot of my art is just like some, some are aberrant in other, uh, areas, but, um, I think there's a, there's a humanity that I'm trying to, um, communicate the, uh, the ability of all of us to access, uh, um, the part of our, our, uh, empathetic parts uh, of our being and, and to, to, to be an act and to, to think better. Um, All right. What maybe. what exactly is empathy? What is empathy? The ability yeah. to be able to empathize and feel what other people are feeling. Um, All right. I, I, a lot of poets and a lot of a lot of people have the ability to to feel what others are feeling, 
and 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 as an empath, they're they're able to to help heal or to help understand the situation or or, or what's going on with someone that they might not be able to explain themselves. Um, mm-hmm. And I find poetry helps with this uh, in terms of uh, increasing one's empathetic ability or okay. ability to empathize. Uh, listening to poems of of others um, really helps you gain some insight. Right. You know, one of the things that I think about when I think of empathy is that if you can't understand another person's story in totality, attempt to resonate the feelings that go along with that story because there's a universal commonality in terms of our feelings. So I may not know your story, Jonathan, but if you talk and you share and I listen, as you just said, to the words that you share, then that will help me Maybe since understand you better as a person. For sure. Yeah. All right, all right. More poems. All right. Flipping pages. Did that one. Did not do this one. Um, for those listening, also, I just want to throw out there, uh, jonathanbtucker.com is my website. If y'all want to check out some of my work, I also do photography. Um, uh, and there's a, there's a few poems up there. Um, actually, there's a short one there I want to read. All right, this great. One, um, is called Eczema. The white stomach is fragile, scared of hot sauce and beans. The white ego is fragile-er, scared of almost everything. White skin is so sensitive, reacting wildly to commonplace things, as does white fear, a rat on all continents. That's that poem. All right. That is that poem, Eczema. What does um, being creative mean to you? Being creative is a way of life for me. It's a way of seeing the world. It's sort of like uh, critical thinking. It's it's a way of always having options. Um, and okay. I think um, or always providing yourself a a way forward and a way around. Um, and it's also a way of being that is... Uh, I think joyful or, or celebratory of, of, of our of our time here on this planet, like like what we do with our thoughts and what we do with our words and what we do with our time and our bodies. The the act of uh, creating a song or a poem or whatever the art is, um, I think that's that that, that that's really a, a hopeful and joyful thing in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Jonathan B. Tucker, a phenomenal person, a phenomenal man. Jonathan, what makes a poem good? I know it's a very subjective question, but what makes a poem good? Um, I go back to those same things you're, uh, before that we were talking about the ingredients, um, mm-hmm. the truth, the truth, the feeling. Um, those those are two of the big main ingredients uh, that that make a poem good, um, and. Uh, yeah, and then it's all just subjective in terms of whoever likes it, like what, what they like in a poem. Uh, a poem right. is good for. I, I I love my poet friends who are good at diagnose or not diagnosing pres- prescribing poems like a doctor would. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> or, okay. And so they're like, they're like, oh, you need a poem for this? Oh, how are you feeling? Here's a poem for that. Here's a poem for that. Like, poems, are good, <laughs> poems are good for certain things, the way, like, you know, different herbs are good for certain things. Um, yes. And so, you know, po- poems are definitely, uh, they, they can be good for um, uh, not, not only letting out emotion, but sort of understanding and contextualizing the world and uh, understanding other people's and other struggles that, that, that might be far from me. Um, when I was in, when I was in college, I was with a group called uh, student advocates for education about rape. And we would go around and we would, uh, um, have these, uh, sexual assault and consent workshops. Um, and, uh, I remember, uh, writing poems, uh, and, and everyone going around, but, um, for the survivors of sexual assault to be uh, describing their stories and uh, for them to be uh, telling it to me, you know, like it, it, it hit in a much different way uh, than, you know, I, I, I could have ever understood. And so it helped me understand and better be out, better be able to advocate uh, to other men and the other people we were, we were talking to through those workshops. Right. Very nice. Very nice. Do you have another poem for us? I got I got three po- three more poems for you. I got a long one, a medium one, and a super short one. Okay. How have you liked them? I'm going to start with the medium one. It's, it's All a right. cute one. This is a cute one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love to say hello, hate to say goodbye, look you up and down, then look you in the eye. Yearning for the future, nostalgic for what's past, want to change the world, but we're still buying gas. Consumer and producer, are we making love, or am I just a pigeon mistaken for a dove? That's that one. That's the medium one. All right. Now, uh, I'm going to do the short one now. I found this one on my phone, um, but I like it. It's a short one. And I think I wrote this. I think I wrote, I wrote this for Rose, I think, probably. A rose awoke to another sun-filled day. Some petals will fall off, but most will stay. Bending to the closest star, a source of all things, her thorns remain sharp, knowing what the world brings. That's that piece. I like that poem. I want to put that on like a card or something. That, that feels like a, ha- a Hallmark poem to me or something. Yeah, it does. It does to me too. Yeah, yeah very nice. <laughs> all right. This one uh, is called Poverty of Funds. Uh, I wrote it a while ago. I was living in South Africa for a little bit um, uh, and, and doing an exchange program. Uh, I, I still run an exchange program bringing DC poets to South Africa and South African poets to DC. Um, uh, but I wrote this, I think, for a performance over there, or at least that, that's when I remember performing it. Um, it's called Poverty of Funds. Pray to your pocketbook. Sing songs of account statements, hymns to earned interest. God died for a lack of funds, but the devil always has paper. Nobody wants to be Jesus. We just want his power, along with a portfolio to prevent us from ever living how he did. So we suffer for cents, compete for growing digits on a screen, hidden by secret pin codes and security questions. The first, oh, my first pet is dead. The street I grew up on is filthy. You don't know my mom. Stop asking her names. You believe income, not good deeds, will save me, never minding my soul. The collection plates are, cir- are circulating. Please give generously. Everyone has a cause, a project, a dream, a GoFundMe page for a poetry program so they can write whack shit in verse, perform it in a different city where people don't care just as much as people don't care everywhere about poems or people like pockets, like hearts, like stomachs, only useful when full, only matter when they're yours, only trusted when true, only hurt when empty or full of whack shit. So I empty my whackness like my bowels, daily spit inside out, speak nonsense to nobody in hopes they can hear my soul shout between the lines in my gut mixed with my doubt to thine own self be true. They said that's what poetry is about. Why do I need money, they ask, when such riches spill from my mouth. I say I'm more actual than capital, more real than any deal. Who do you work for? 
The earth is rich. Why are the people poor? We are walking wallets with holes in our heads, killing ourselves while not speaking to our dead. No, you can't have my money, but here's a selfie instead. It'll give you great exposure. I wonder what filter Jesus would use. Lo-fi, Hefe, X-Pro2, Rise, perhaps. Hashtag money lenders must fall. Hashtag man crush Monday. Hashtag king of the Jews. Maybe you can see what we've been missing. The holes in my face contorted from soulless kissing. Godless prayers in a society that cares more about profit than people. Money markets over equal access to the most basic needs. Stepping over the puddle when out onto the street a human life bleeds. Is that not our kin? Is life some slam we're trying to win by treating all the beautiful breathing poems we meet as competition, as foe? Are we losing that life every day we judge rather than love with conviction and soul? Me and my vibes think so. Are you really earning money or saving, seat, or, or saving seats on a sinking throne? Are you building real community or higher walls around stolen homes? God is dead. We killed her with our greed. Nobody cares what you want until you want what they need. And we don't want for others because we breathe capitalist smoke from our lungs. Some people are so poor, all they have is money. The poverty of fun. That's that one. That's very powerful. It's been a while. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, so much is happening in the world, Jonathan. There's a pandemic, there are protests. So much is happening. What do you think, or what do you see as being the role of a poet in modern day society? Um, I, I, we, we always got to reflect the times and we have to challenge the times and we have to push. Uh, like, like you said, uh, artists have a unique role in being truth tellers. Um, and uh, that, that's always been the case. Um, and so not only do we need to document the now of what is happening now and tell the truth and blow the whistle and, you know, call people back uh, uh, to, to see what's going on, but we also need to help envision the future and, and help create and heal. Uh, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of roles for the poet. Um, a, a lot of poets you'll, you'll see, uh, You'll see on on, um, on front lines protesting on streets and, and organizing, and um, but th- there's also a lot um, that are that that are working more in, in other fields. It's not always the work of poetry itself, I guess is what I'm saying. Like sometimes you write the poem and then you go do the actual work of policy making and activism and, and community organizing, and then other yes. times the, the poetry itself can be part of the work um, and it can be part of the organizing. When I was at one of the protests recently out front the White House. Um, this guy walked around and he, he was going up to people. He was saying, Hey, you like poetry? And he was passing them poems. And, and I, and I, t- I took a sheet, of course. I was like, yeah. And it, it wasn't his poems. It was uh, Naomi Shihab Nye's poems. Uh, oh, wow. Really awesome. um, and so he had two poems uh, just on his little sheet. He was passing out. And I was like, that's super cute. Um, um, I really liked it. It made me think I should do that. Go pass out some poems. Whose poems would you pass out? So I, I mean, I guess I guess it was cool that he wasn't passing out his own, so maybe I would do someone else's, um, but maybe I would do my own. I don't know. Right. Um, okay. Or m- maybe some of my students. I would, I would put some of my students' work uh, out there. Or, I don't know, it, it depends if I'm pressing, passing it out at a protest or not. If I'm passing it out at a Black Lives Matter protest, it, it, that, that, that would definitely change who I'm picking then. Um, yeah. All right, very nice. You know, writers and poets write for a myriad of reasons. Some write primarily to speak a message to their audience. Others write because to stay silent is not an option. Why do you write? And you probably we're probably saying the same thing over and over again. But I just want to just want to know why do you write? Yeah, well, I mean, the the, the last one you said there, uh, staying silent is not an option. Often, um, mm-hmm. that 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 might not be where I originated with it. Like my genesis in it, I, I think, like a lot of people, I, I started. Uh, um, when I was real young and I, I, I had some emotions and I, I really liked a girl. And so I started writing poems, but uh, it's grown tremendously and in, in, in through discipline and through work and through collaboration. Um, it, it's turned into something that can, can really uh, not, not only be like, like I said before, an outlet for emotions, but also an organizing mm-hmm. tool. Um, mm-hmm. What do I write for? Um, 
Yeah, uh, I feel like uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's a power in it, and I feel like it's a it's a, it's, it's a good way to influence um, people and also myself. Um, it's, it's a good way to check myself, and it's a good way to uh, um, to to create oneself. I think I think there's a lot of self creation that comes through writing. Um, and mm-hmm. like, who am I? Who am I if I write and read this poem? Who am I if I don't write and read this poem? And if I have these thoughts and if I have these beliefs and if I and if, and if I have the ability to to make people understand or feel or, or empathize, who am I if I don't tell those stories that that, that make that that makes that happen? Um, and so there's a little bit of that as well in terms of the role in the community. Um, like like you said, I host at Buzz Boys and I host open mics. And recently, I've been doing a lot more of putting other people's poems on stage and getting other people opportunities to read. And so it, it also becomes a question of that to me, like like um, who, who am I if if I take the stage and I take the mic, and and who am I if I pass the mic, um, and, and how am I using that that decision making power of whether to use the mic or pass the mic? How am I using that for good and, and pushing? You know. Yes, I do know. That was nice. You know, all poets have several words that come up over and over and over in their work. What are three of three of your absolute most favorite words to use? Favorite words? Wow, that come up in my work specifically. Yes. Um, when you were first asking the question, uh, I was thinking. Back in the day, uh, when me and my friends would freestyle, I would always get on this one guy because he would always say, coming through. He'd always say, I'm coming through with the dick, coming through, coming through. And like, I don't let you just always coming through, coming through. Um, for me, uh, I, I don't think it would be coming through for me. Um, I don't know what it would be. I, I can definitely tell you three words that I just like, but like, okay. I, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm trying three to words you like. like. I'm trying to think of like the three words that, that most appear in my pieces ever um i'm sure the word love comes up a lot in my pieces oh you said just three words i like well Um, three words that come up either one either one either or um i'm gonna say connection okay uh heart Heart is one I try it when I'm editing. I'm like, why I keep saying heart? Use something else. That's so cliche. But I notice heart comes up a lot. Um, and and love, definitely love. Heart and love. I know they're similar, whatever. But like that Sorry. comes up a lot. It, I'm sure that one comes up a lot as well. So heart, love, yeah. and connection. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Share another piece of your work, please. All right, I just found this one. It's from it's from June of 2017, um, and I was trying a different style of writing, and it's, we'll see what it is. Okay. Style acquired, created, post-desire, post-growth, pre-sold, after hours, it speaks to me. Color contrast, match, spark interest, eyes, birds, easily fly away, Fly a J, be still. Let it seep in like lotion. Smooth edges, rough people. Art in the ocean. Drowns without meaning. Sounds unheard of. Time a texture. Feelings change. Questions grow. Under light waves curve. A palm opens in yours. That was that piece. That was a weird one. That, that that was a, yeah. Would you share that one again, please? You you want to hear it back? So what yes. I didn't tell you is part part of the way that this form is different is that like there's a lot of periods, and so instead of writing the sentences or straight through, like every one word or two words has like a period after it, and so I was trying to read it kind of like that too. Anyway, okay. it's called style acquired. Style acquired, created post desire, post growth, pre sold. After hours, it speaks to me. Color contrast, match, spark interest, eyes, birds, easily fly away. Fly a J, be still. Let it seep in like lotion. Smooth edges, rough people, art in the ocean, drowns without meaning, sounds unheard of. 
time a texture, feelings change, questions grow, under light, waves, curve, a palm opens in yours. I can see it with the periods. I see it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really, really do. Now, as you think about being a poet, mm-hmm. and you know it, that you're a poet, what is mm-hmm. a measure of success of being a poet? So mine came early on, um, and it it changed. I mean, re- recognition in, in whatever form you value it is, mm-hmm. is probably the best. Um, but it, I think it definitely evolves uh, as, as, as you do with, with your work. Um, and so for me, uh, it was just seeing that uh, whoever, whoever read it or heard the piece liked it, like that was enough. Um, and then later when I learned about slam and competitions, it, it became winning the slam or you know, getting good scores or yada, yada. Um, then when I started teaching poetry, it became more about the connections and the inspiration or motivation that it would bring out in other people. And so for oh. people to say that really, uh, like, like that's really been some of the best, most rewarding things is when other people say that my poem inspired them to do X, Y, Z, to write this, um, to, to, to help them grapple with ideas or feelings or things like that. That now is like the best, uh, the, the, the best reward, uh, and the best recognition. Um, of course, there's like contests and like you know uh, book publishing things and uh, all those things. And uh, I, I haven't entered that world as much as I should. Uh, a few years ago, I thought I was going to really discipline myself and start submitting to journals all the time and stuff like that. And you know, I've been published here or there, or whatever. Um, but mm-hmm. but I haven't really done it real seriously yet. Um, and uh, but but I definitely like like that. That's you know one one of the ways that, that most people get uh, you know re- recognition. All right, all right. Do you have another piece for us? I know we're closing out here in a few minutes, but do you have oh, another yeah. piece? I got Please. pieces all day. This is another all right, well, keep... notebook. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, we will spend the remainder of our time together with you sharing your work. I want to hear more of your work. Cool, cool. Clouds like lions, water mains breaking, skylines above our heads, where small eyes circle huge moons and paw at stars like cubs playing spades, diamonds in our eyes, Lucy in our skies, no lying, but keep some cards off the table. I bet you that was about something before. That, that was the end of that piece. I bet you that was about something. Um, I don't remember, I don't remember well, what I know it was. There was a line there, Lucy in the sky with diamonds. I do know that one. Yeah, I don't know if I was listening to the Beatles or if I was on drugs or whatever. <laughs> <All right. laughs> hey, maybe it was a combination of both. You never know, you know. <laughs> um, all right, here's another one. It's summer in Joburg. I'm floating in the car to the train, mind already at my destination, body still not sure what continent it belongs on. Dust is in the air. Wind-swept streets hold relics from previous evenings. Men spilt off sidewalks of stone and everything discarded that is not coin or electric. The sun is a harsh lover, a rude best friend. I watch the young men pulling carts of plastic to recycling centers. Their hands and feet coordinate this hustle like a band, hi-hats and glares. That's where that one ends. That was a half of a poem. It ends right there. I, I just think it's way. But I like it. It set up a good theme. I set up the theme nicely. Yes, you did. You did. <laughs> there, there was a whole scene and everything. <laughs> Question for you. What was, yeah. You talked about Joburg. What was it like being in South Africa? Uh, I love South Africa. I, I lived in Johannesburg for about a year. Um, oh, and did I spent you? A lot of time, and I spent a lot of time in Pretoria as well. And so I go back uh, every year that I can. Um, and, and I lead these trips going back uh, between the city of Tswane, Pretoria, uh, and D.C. Um, it's great over there, man. Uh, the people are very friendly. They have a beautiful poetry scene. Um, 
uh, and, and it's very, very connected to the theater world and music. A lot of, a lot of the poets will, will have musical backing tracks for their pieces, which I really love. Um, yeah, it's, uh, Joburg's a huge city. It's huge. Lots and lots of people. Um, and uh, th- there's a lot of history just in South Africa and uh, oh, yeah. the, the, the struggles for decolonization uh, are, uh, they're long. Those are long, long struggles that are that we're still going through in many ways, both here in the U.S. Uh, and uh, and over there. And so, uh, yeah, it's it, it's both very intense and and very historic and and also very beautiful and very inspiring and still lots of work to be done. You know. Yes, I understand. Just like everywhere else, a lot of work to be done. A lot All right. Of work to be done. All right. I'm gonna read one from my chat book. This one's called. Red leaves. Oh wait, maybe. Actually, no. I'm gonna try this old one. It's okay. I haven't done this one forever. This is called "Bring on the Trolls." Um, so I, I like self-produced my own chapbook. Uh, it's called "Okay." The uh, but this one's called "Bring on the Trolls." Underneath the bridge we've built between our communities, there lives a troll. As stubborn and unstable as our interfaith, interracial, cross-cultural unity, this troll is an ugly, mean troll, watching from, from below as we build relationships, forced to recognize reality like birds recognize gravity. We fly diversity flags on pirated flagship state schools built on the backs of enslaved Africans to educate the rich fools of masters with majors, and here I am with the same skin tone that masters made you think was superior, trying to build a bridge between our communities to break down the fear in an honest dialogue. I'm not afraid of the trolls, but my image is haunting. Talking to the mixed sons and daughters of builders never broken, I'm an immigrant mutt flaunting my assimilated strut into empty privileged whiteness, hoping that I too have a rich cultural heritage. I know we all do but America has buried the roots of us all like a forest flooded, but they're still here deep in our souls, like the bones of the countless bodies that jumped overboard to find peace on the floor of the Atlantic invisible, like the particles of people falling from the smoke of death chimneys or the names of those purposefully disappeared forever screaming, help me, help me build this bridge. Lord, help me, help me fashion new tools. Audrey was right. We can't use the masters, so we'll create our own language, our own bridges. No matter how troubled the water, we'll wade, we'll build an ark and sail. So bring on the trolls, bring on the haters. We'll fill our ark with two of every stuffed animal and hug our enemies into submission. We can do it. We're just that cute. We can take spoken word back underground if they try to hip hop us into killing ourselves again. We are no longer for sale. Good intentions cannot buy solidarity. And this is not meant to be disrespectful, but F your golf courses. Someone died today for lack of access to clean water. Do you know how much energy it takes to power all the lawnmowers that keep the businessmen's playgrounds trim? Do you know how many people we could feed with less than 2% of a CEO's salary? Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Bring on the trolls. They can hang under our bridges all they want with their talk radio and light pink newspapers. The trolls, I know from experience, they're scared. The bully saw his reflection and winced. The hater broke down in tears and asked for what all prisoners asked for. I want my mommy. I want change, but I need my daddy to beat it out of me, because if you look at yourself and see an oppressor, then you too are trapped, imprisoned in life cycles of violence. This is beyond physical. Ask any survivor, and they'll tell you where real pain lives, tattooed on your mind like the numbers of the forearms of children waiting in lines for trains to nowhere. Tell me what separates us. Ain't no mountain high. Ain't no valley low. Ain't no river wide enough, as long as you're willing to fly. Like a bird recognizing gravity. Pull me down all you want. It's no travesty to be stuck on the ground. But it's an amazing tragedy to never be found. Dreaming of that sweet sound of harmony. So I'm going to keep building bridges. And you, you can join us. And together we will say, bring on the trolls. Oh, wow. That was incredible. An incredible piece. You know, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, please, 
So continue, continue. You were saying? Well, I, was say, I haven't read that one in a long time. Like I, I remember writing it. I remember like why I did and all that stuff, but uh, I hadn't uh, read that piece in like years and years and years. It was great. I really that. But we've come to the end of our program, and I've got one last question for you. When people hear your work, they usually want more. What's next for you as a poet? What is next for me? Um, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep running the uh, Azania to D.C. International Poetry Exchange. Uh, I'm going to keep uh, sharing my poetry here in D.C. Uh, and worldwide uh, with my friends. Uh, and I'm going to keep providing platforms for others to share their work and uh, important voices that, that we need to hear through, whether it's through my poetry teaching artist training pro- project, whether it's through my website or through videos. Uh, I might be writing a script. I might be writing some other things. Um, uh yeah, I, I'm, there, I'm not limiting myself to poetry. There are many different ways and there are many different um, skills that, that we all bring to the table. And so I'm trying to find ways that I can use all my skills um, to push the movement forward um, and, and to make that change that, that we need to see both here and worldwide. Um, yeah. Wow, it's great. Well, I am really glad that you were here as a guest tonight. I'd like to invite you to come back whenever you'd like to come back uh, and share some more of your work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This has been lovely. Uh, I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, yes. All right. Well, have a great evening. And to our listening audience, take care and be safe. Good night, everybody. You have just listened to the Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio Podcast with your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to catch our next episode.